Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. Today is a very special episode. It is the 100th episode of the New Manager Podcast. I will tell you that when I (laughs) started this podcast a couple of years ago, I did not realize I had so much to say, and I did not realize how many people it would reach. One of the things that happened this year is that Spotify sent out a summary, like a wrapped of information for podcasters. If you are a Spotify listener, you also get a wrapped, like a year in review of what you listen to. Well, as a podcaster, they gathered all this data and then presented it to me in a really fun way to tell me about some of the listening habits of my listeners and how my podcast did over the course of the year. And it really made me think about what I wanted to share with you today around data, story, and emotion, because, you know, Spotify took all this data about how many people listened and where in the world they are and how it compared to this time last year. That's all data. But the way they present it is in a really fun, celebratory way. It really highlights the distinction between data and story. Data alone is not the story. The story is where we get meaning. Uh, the story is how are you presenting this? Is the, like how am I supposed to feel about this data? Am I supposed to feel good or am I supposed to feel bad? And I think in our work lives, we often forget that data and story are not the same, especially if you work in a lot of data whether it is in coding or whether it is in finance or whether it is in sales conversions or whatever the nature of the data is that you work in, when you're really good and really understand your domain, we forget that other people don't have that same understanding and we can't just send data and expect people to know what it means. Part of the job is helping people understand what is the story that this data is is telling. And Spotify did a really great job of that (laughs) because they delivered to me some data about my podcast over the year and they present it with so much celebration and I felt so amazing and I felt amazing for you listening because one of the things that I learned is that my podcast was in the top 5% most shared globally. That blew my mind. So if you are sharing this podcast with people you care about, if someone that you care about shared it with you, you are all a part of that ecosystem of that constellation of helping this podcast reach more people and help more people truly in every industry all over the world. And that feels so meaningful to me. So I wanted to share that with you as a celebration because as we come into the end of the year, it is such a time to pause, reflect, assess, and celebrate. And sometimes we forget to do that because we're either exhausted 
or because we're already looking ahead at what is coming next. So just for a moment, I would like to invite you to come with me into a place of celebration for all of the things that have happened this year and take some time in your own life as you think about the data, the different points of information that you can gather from your year and then choose what is the story you want that data to tell. Is it good or is it bad? You really get to decide depending on how you look at it and present it. And so for our topic today, I want us to spend more time in the space of data, story, and emotion. This shows up in a lot of ways, some very overt and some a little more subtle. So an overt way this shows up is you might be in in a position where your job is to take some data and then use that to tell a story that compels someone else to do something very specific. So if you work in finance, you might take the you know, P&L sheet, the profits and losses, and say, here's the data. We should feel really good about this because this is what this means. Or you might say, okay, based on what we've seen in terms of our customer buying behavior, here's some data about what they're buying and when. Here's some data about how they are buying, when they are buying. Here's a whole lot of data. Here's the story that we can tell with that data. This is what it means. And as a result, we should feel really worried, really confident, really encouraged, really concerned, right? Like the emotion behind that becomes really important because emotion is so sticky. We can often hold on to a feeling for a lot longer than we can hold on to specific information. And you know this because as a human, my guess is that you have had experiences where you have felt really inspired, really cared for, really supported. And if someone asked you why, you might not really know. Like in the workplace, you might feel like, oh, I feel so supported by this one manager. And if someone said, why? You might say, gosh, it's hard to pin down. It's just something, I don't know what. And the reverse too, as a human, we tend to really hold on to emotion that is uncomfortable or painful. So you might remember that, oh, this person in my life, oh, like I just, we don't, we don't get along. Oh, well, what is it that happened? What's the data behind the story that's creating that emotion? And you might not even remember accurately. You might say, I don't even remember what exactly they did or said. It was so long ago. I just remember <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> and so I've always held this guarded attitude and a, a sense of distrust with this person. It is so interesting when we start to notice how these things all fit together, the data, the story, the emotion. And sharing a story from some of the work that I've been doing, I was in a conversation quite recently with a client who was reflecting on how, um, and actually I should back up a little bit. So we first started working together when she was very new, well, new mid in her career, and now she's very senior. And she said, you know, I've always felt like I didn't really fit in and I was kind of in my little corner 
(laughs) of the organization, just working quietly on my thing. And people would treat me in a way that wasn't very respectful. So this is the, the data and the story. They would behave a certain way. They would talk to me in a certain way. And I thought, oh, maybe they're doing this because I haven't earned their respect. Maybe there's something accurate in the way they're treating me. Maybe that's just, maybe I'm not as good at what I do as I, as I think. Because she was using their behavior as, as information about herself and then kind of believing maybe that's true. And then the emotion she felt around it was, well, you know, it's fine. I work in an industry that wasn't really designed for people like me, so I'll just work quietly in my own little corner. And what's really interesting is that having known her for a couple of years now and seen her growth as she does things her own way, she's now having this experience where people are kind of blown away by who she is and what she does and how she does it. And they're treating her differently. And she noticed this and she said, it's very strange that people are being really nice to me. (laughs) Like all of a sudden, it seems like people are seeing me differently and are treating me like really nicely. And they just never realized really how good I am. And she said, I didn't even realize how good I was. I just assumed, oh, you know, I just kind of fly under the radar. And so as she is now realizing that the information, the data she was getting based on how other people treated her, right, it really was just not, a, not an accurate signal about the quality of work she was doing or her capacity to do really influential and really significant work. There was something else in play. And the story that she's telling herself now is, oh, I do incredible work. I'm very good at my field. I'm very dialed into our market and our industry in a way that nobody else in my organization is. And I do things my own way. It might seem weird or quirky, but it's really effective and it works for me. And so she's been able to kind of unhook from taking the responsiveness and reactions of other people and making that mean something about her and making that mean like she's not enough. So we can look at the interplay of these three elements, data, story, and emotion in a few different ways. And this will become really helpful for you, both in terms of communicating with stakeholders, whether it's your manager, a cross-functional partner or team, whether it's communicating with your people on your team, or whether it's communicating with clients and managing relationships externally. When you start to think in terms of what is the data I have to work with? What is the story I want to tell? Like, is this data good or bad? What does it mean? And as humans, we're always looking for meaning. Tell me what it means. Don't just give me the information. Tell me what it means. As you start thinking in those terms and this additional part, how do you want to feel about it? What is the emotion that you want to feel? What is the emotion that you want the other person to feel or be aware of? It really creates a lot of ease and a lot more understanding because then it gets us out of kind of either fighting 
with other people, like which we often do in our mind rather than actually <laughs> externally with, with people. But it also keeps you from being in conflict with yourself. The story that you tell about yourself, the story that you tell about other people and how they should be or why they're being a certain way, all of that starts to get untangled and you start to find more ways to be effective and to do it in a way that really honors who you are as a person. So one way I also have been thinking about this is when we think about what it means to be underrepresented in your workplace. And that can be across a lot of different dimensions. As I mentioned once before too, underrepresented means the way I think about it is when you look at who you work with, there's a voice in your head that says, oh, I'm not like them. I don't quite fit in here. I might need to present myself in a certain way in order to belong or create connection here. I am the only one like me here. That is a signal in your mind that you're, that you're registering something that is underrepresented because you don't see it in front of you. And what's super interesting is that sometimes these are invisible things. Like it might be a disability, it might be around a health issue, something that is not obvious on the surface, but underneath it affects your experience and the way that you exist in the world. But they can also be things like age, either being eldest or being youngest. It can be around gender. It can be around marital status. Like if you're the only person who is married and you work with all these single people or the reverse, maybe you're the only single person or the only divorced person or the only widowed person, and you work with people who are all long-term marrieds. Or maybe it's around parental status. Maybe you're the only one who has young kids. Or maybe you're the only one who has grown kids. Or maybe the people that you work with are not parents at all. Like That can also create that feeling of, ooh, not quite, not quite fitting in here. Your ethnic background which we've talked about a little bit. You might scan the room and think, ooh, there's no one here that quite looks like me. I have a different ethnic background. It might be around your sexual orientation, your education, which is interesting too, because with education, that can often be kind of invisible, except now with different platforms like LinkedIn, people can kind of go and see, oh, where did this person go to school? And you might work in an organization or an industry that really prizes and exalts certain educational backgrounds. So you might be the only person with or without a certain educational background. It might be around language. Maybe you're the only person who speaks multiple languages. Maybe you're the only person who learned your business language later in life. And I am an English speaker, and so, and a lot of my listeners are English speakers, obviously, because that's, that's the only language I have available to me to convey this to you. But a lot of my listeners are, like, they speak multiple languages. It's like a very multinational, multicultural community and workplace. So depending on your like language, what languages you have, that might be an element 
of being underrepresented. And then, of course, all of the invisible things, the things that people can't see but are present whenever you are in the room. So when we think about all of these different dimensions that we can experience being underrepresented. Ooh, one more I just wanted, I thought of that I wanted to add. Tenure in the industry or organization. If you are the newest person and you're coming into an organization where everyone else has 20 years of experience or people have been in that organization longer than you have, that can also create a little bit of that awareness and it can often first register as a kind of tension like we get a little tense a little more alert you know we are social animals we want to feel connection we want to feel acceptance and so what I want to offer is that all of that we can think of in terms of data like what is the data about the feeling of not fitting in or the feeling of being different. And then we get to the story. What does it mean? And often a lot of the work I do with my clients is around identifying what is the default story that you have about it and what is the effect of that default story and then what other stories are available or possible because that will show up in your ability and willingness to manage and to sometimes be uncomfortable speaking up, advocating for yourself, making decisions that might seem different, but actually really are effective and work for you. You're simply kind of pioneering or creating a new way of doing things. So understanding what is the story that you want to create from that data and then how do you want to feel about it and what I love is when you are able to really kind of take some ownership in the most loving and empowered way around here's the story that I am going to tell with the data that I have available and then how am I going to feel about it I'm going to feel capable confident courageous proud right? Like, how am I going to feel? And when we're intentional about that, that can really go a long way to getting us out of a place where we feel small, uncertain, insecure, like we're being harshly judged by others or feeling like, oh, I have to do something in order to prove myself or gain someone else's respect. Right? That's a hard game to be in because it's like you're always chasing something from somebody who might not have it available to give you. And we really don't want to get kind of locked in the stalemate around someone's behavior when that's actually not the most important thing. Right? Like the most important thing is who you are, why you're there, and how you choose to manage and lead and show up in the workplace and the decisions that you're going to make. When you're making decisions from feeling grounded, confident, proud, courageous, and having the sense of clarity of like, I know how I feel and I know why, and I'm choosing a story, I'm choosing to create meaning from this data that really will serve me and the bigger purpose of what I'm here to do 
and who I'm here to be. It really changes the experience. So that is what I wanted to share with you in today's episode, the 100th episode. That's something that we get to celebrate together because I always feel like, you know, I get to share my knowledge and perspective with you because I know that you take it and run with it and you do something great with it and it eases your burden a little and it lets you do incredible work in a world that is not always an easy world to be in and in an organization and with other humans not always easy but here we are we keep showing up and now we do it with a little more awareness a little more grace a little more kindness and a little more courage so thank you so much for listening and if you want to work with me one-on-one good news you can if you've been struggling with issues around especially around confidence or around how to deal with difficult work situations as a new manager come work with me it does not have to be this hard I was chatting with a friend of mine and he was saying, you know, Kim, when I started managing people, it's like I inherited a bag of snakes. He said it was so difficult. And when I look back, I really wish I'd had a coach because it didn't need to be that hard. So I can help you come work with me if you have to deal with a bag of snakes or if you just feel like, you know, you're kind of wandering through the desert or you're trying to keep your head above water. I can help. It doesn't have to be that hard. We can start making it better right away. Go into the show notes. You'll find a link to my calendar. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.